Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theater of Football. I'm Mike Hodum, and today I'm joined by uh, Jeremy Forbes and Patrick Heinrich. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Mike. And uh, hi, Patrick. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, everybody. Hey. So uh, we're coming to you today on the back of United 6-1 loss at home to Spurs. Um, heaviest league defeat since our 6-1 loss in October 2011 to our rival city. Um, Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I guess it's, this is going to be as vague as possible. We'll let you go where you want to. What did yeah. you, you make of the performance? uh just just utter utter disappointment um for multiple reasons um at the end of the day like even before martial got sent off clearly we were not prepared well or the players were not uh zoned in and focused because they were even then they were making too many mistakes and no one was seemingly on the same page that culminating with an extremely harsh in my opinion as as many pundits and uh, also i felt agreed because that's what they kept saying was a harsh kind of calling and ruling against martial for some some wonderful theatrics and i think uh really sadly to say um Lamella taking taking to heart what um Mourinho said about how he wanted his players to start to behave which are if you remember that term something sees <laughs> he definitely embodied that today yeah that's that's true um and that no good guys win football matches so I guess yeah. he's wanting his players to cheat and to, you know, oversell and to get players riled up and then act like, act like they did some egregious thing to them, to get players thrown off. That's how he's going to win matches. But yeah. Well, that that's what I remember from Mourinho's first time in charge of uh, uh, Chelsea um, was his players acting that way. So I guess it was uh, back to back to basics uh, now that he's at his. Uh, latest club but I don't want to make this about Eric Lamella uh Patrick Patrick what is what what did you what did you make of, of this performance well it's I thought there was like two two camps of what I saw was happening the first camp was people doing the same things over and over that we see all the time and then I think there was another camp of people that were trying to like go above and beyond what they normally did. And I thought that even got pe some people in trouble. So like, for example, Shaw is too slow. Like he's too slow. Like he needs to get faster. Rashford is off sides. He's always off sides, like get on sides. Um, and then I thought like Maguire is terrible, terrible decisions. Okay. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then I thought there was some people like Bai and Modic and Pogba in some ways in the second half that were like trying to go above and beyond to like do everything. And I thought that was like, Bai was doing everything. And then he had his one mistake that I thought he played the entire match, but that was because he was doing everything. And like Modic was running back to cover, uh, cover defense from the whole center, from the whole like center field. So I thought like 
that was my general feeling was like people were doing the, the same stuff that they were always doing and causing problems. And there was other, other players on the pitch that were trying to overcome that. Um, and Juan Bissaka leaving the left side wide open, um, like he always is. Um, and I thought that, that that was just my general feeling. And I thought that there was nothing different. Like we didn't come out and play any better. We didn't take advantage of the fact that <laughs> Tottenham had played three games or uh, two or three games um, last week. Um, so, you know, that was just, I, I just thought we did poorly. Yeah, Patrick, we talked on Tuesday night about this being Spurs' fourth match in eight days. And we were, we speculated on what, uh, what Spurs' performance might be in this match. Well, they were, <laughs> they were good, um, but I think we were just awful. Yes. Um, and your Maguire was, was probably the worst of the bunch. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in the first, the build up to the first goal or the lead up to it. Um, that second. header was ridiculous. Like you, you should be we able to do a better header than that. What, which what one? <laughs> he had two ridiculous headers in the lead up to that. He had the first one against Bayi's face. Yeah. And the second one, he completely like missed trying to get it back to De Gea. I don't. He. I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, I was so excited to see Bayi finally start in place of Lindelof, and this is what happens. And Bayi was at in my opinion, completely at fault for the third goal. I don't know what he's thinking, trying to play it to Modic in that position. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. And uh, he he looked like he was on the verge of getting sent off for, for much of that game, which is, you know, he tends to put in a rash tackle and, and that, you know, overextending himself sometimes leads to his, his when he picks up these muscle injuries he's been uh, known for. Um, Jeremy, uh, we spoke on... Oh, no. Give it back. On Sunday, about Ridiculous. Jeremy, we spoke on Sunday about um, United's coaching staff after the our Brighton match mm -hmm. in the league. Yeah, um, we changed we changed system in that match to try and cover the the back post from uh, the crosses coming in from our uh, uh, defense from our left from our left side, the opponent's right. Um, try to keep Juan Bissaka. Uh, more uh, in position to cover the back post. Um, okay. On the basis of today's match, I can't help but thinking with Ole and with the coaching staff, when you look at Carrick and Phelan and Kenna, there seems to be no one with any ideas of how to organize our defense or any structure to keep our team tight. Is that what, is that kind of what you're seeing as well to build upon what we talked about last week? Yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in regards to that. And I also feel that at the end of the day, from what I can gather from what's happening, it doesn't seem like the coaching staff has actually uh, improved any of the players uh, since they've been there. I think all, all the improvement that we've actually seen has just been either self-induced or through highs of saying, oh, Bruno Fernandez is here now. And then the players getting excited about that and doing better. Or just, you know, their their own kind of constant uh, continuation of form, like how um, Greenwood, you know, he, he, he naturally came to prominence, but it wasn't because of anything that the coaching staff really did. I actually don't believe that these, these coaches that we have right now 
are doing anything to make the team and the players better. I think some of them are getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think you can make a case for McGuire getting worse since we saw Oh, yeah, he's him. definitely getting worse. Yeah. He's not getting any better. Um, and and I think one, one other thing, too, that I see a lot, and going back to the theme of other people trying to pick up other people's slack, like Fernandez is, like, all over the place. And I'm like, if Fernandez was, like, not burning all of his energy running the entire field for 90 minutes, I was like, what could he be doing <laughs> with his, like, you know, great creative passing in the forward line? Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that, Patrick, because uh, Bruno said, I believe, during the short offseason, if you want to call it that, that uh, Ole has told him to uh, sometimes to not work as hard or not run as much. Right. Um, and he said that he's just unwilling. He, I mean, not unwilling, but he just it's just not in his nature to, to not do that. So, yeah, you right. see him like against uh, uh, I remember against Palace a couple of times getting back into Lindelof's position yeah. um, and you know, the first half today, uh, uh, dropping, dropping deep because he sees issues, uh, you know, lack of balance in the side. And he's trying to do what he can to, to cover as much uh, of, the, of the pitch as possible. But then we lose him at, at a, as a creative force yeah. uh, in, the, in the final third. Um, well, that's, that's what takes a, a, a manager that people will actually listen to, whether they appreciate what the manager's saying or not they're going to listen to and obey the direction that he's given them. I don't think these players actually get any direction or, or understand any direction from Ollie. So they just do whatever they want on the pitch. They're not given any set direction or any direction that they can understand or, or will listen to. Like when you have a manager that you'll listen to for, you know, whether you like it or not, um, players will listen to managers that they trust that they feel knows what they're doing, even if they are unable to uh, get the, get the full kind of vision of that manager, they will still act the role that they're told to. Our players are not, or they either don't understand what our managers are saying. Our coaching staff is saying. Yeah. And that, that was kind of what we talked about last week. Uh, Either there's the message not being made by the coaching staff or the players aren't understanding it. And I, I, you just, the point you just made kind of brought me back to December 2018. I believe it was Mourinho's final match in charge or wound up being his final match in charge when we went to Anfield and got uh, beaten there. And uh, Sky Sports was talking about um, sacking him. You know, at that time, it looked like his position was untenable. And I believe it was Roy Keane. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorites said at the time that, you know, these, these players are, are rotten. Uh, they'll bring in another manager and uh, they'll uh, uh, basically betray him as well. Um, so I, that, that's kind of me kind of coming to the defense of Ole maybe a little bit uh, uh-huh. that, that, that potentially, and, and I brought up like since Van Hall was in charge when he tried to like implement different systems and tactics and we didn't, the players then didn't seem to understand. We still have some of those same players around. Um, yeah. It just seems like there's a culture there. And I think Roy Keane said it best that a leopard doesn't change their spots. So maybe we're just seeing yeah. that even though we've brought in um, a handful of new players since Ole has been in charge, that the overall culture with the players, uh, there's a lack of, uh, 
um, camaraderie or yeah. uh, uh, togetherness when it comes to the, the coaching staff and the, the players. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I do think that with your point about the coaching staff, I mean, not the players aren't getting any better. Um, both of you said that. Uh, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I just I just don't think there's enough understanding of like defensive tactics in our coaching yeah. rank either. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's just there's just too much bad going on now. Yeah. What I wanted to really get to, and I was hoping it was on the back of a positive result, positive performance today, and of course it's not, um, was that uh, supposedly uh, Edson Kidvani and Alex Tellis are completing their medicals tonight in, in, uh, at Carrington and uh, uh, will be unveiled for tomorrow's international uh, deadline day uh, for the transfer window. Um, do you guys think, and I'll start with you on, Patrick, on this one, do you think there'll be any snap reaction, potentially us actually getting Sancho now, um, given this result? Or do you think that if these two players are indeed going to be announced tomorrow as new United players, that that'll be it for the, for the window? Um, I don't know if I was, if I was Sancho, I'd probably be having some second thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, and whether or not that would make much of a difference um, at this point is, is arguable, I guess you could say. Um, but if I was, if, if I was Telus, I would be like, oh God, <laughs> the ink's still dry, but <laughs> what's the out? No, I'm just kidding. Seriously though. But um, if, if I think, I think it would give Sancho reservations. I think we'll probably end up with just these two. Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring up Telus because I believe him and his agent were the ones to finally convince Porto to agree uh, to accept our uh, offer for the player this morning. So either he handed in a transfer request or the agent persuaded the club to say, hey, he's going to leave in less than a year anyway for free. You might as well get what you can get right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, him being a left back, I would be very encouraged by what he saw today out of Luke Shaw. Um, that he can walk right into the side and hopefully he doesn't get complacent right away. I mean, yeah. <laughs> say what it is. Uh, uh, Jeremy, yeah. coming, coming, Jeremy, coming to you, uh, the board, what, what do you, what do you think the reaction is going to be after this? Um, so if the board is smart and not still prideful, uh, they will realize that what has been told constantly uh, in the, from the beginning was what they needed to be focusing on. And that was our defense. Like forget all, forget, in my opinion, forget Jaden Sancho. Mm -hmm. We need two center backs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need two center backs and we need to get some of these Deadwood center backs that we're not going to play off our books. Like, I don't care how you get them off the books, loan them out. You're not playing them anyways. So get two center backs and, and let's push to start sealing up this defense again, because I think McGuire is getting worse right now. So you need something, somebody to challenge him. Mm -hmm. You need a, a, a smart defender and then a fast defender. And then if they challenge him, then you can have some wiggle room to say, okay, 
someone has a little bit of different form, we'll put Maguire back in, that kind of thing. But you need to get rid – like, our defense is what's killing us right now. Were either of you actively fantasizing about Regular Long playing for Manchester United during that match? Because I was. <laughs> not really, <laughs> but – not really. Like, really? he didn't look – he didn't look bad, but he didn't look amazing either. We just no, I guess it was just a comparison. <laughs> well, yeah, if you compare him to if you compare him to Luke Shaw, I mean, fine. Oh. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with the knowledge of Tellus coming to United um, over Regulon. Uh, uh, that doesn't give me any. That doesn't cause me any issues. Um, mm-hmm. the, the issue I have with the two center backs, and Jeremy, you and I both agree that we need two center backs. We said that before the window started, that this is problem spot in our squad. And as we've t- discussed, Maguire seems to be regressing from the point we signed him. The issue is um, with the Glaciers wanting to take as much money from the club as possible, and with us having just spent 80 million pounds on Maguire last summer and him not exactly lighting up the, the sky, um, you'd be reluctant to back another manager for another center back for just one yet again. Um, so I think actually this result, even though we gave up six goals, counter it goes counterintuitively that the board's probably thinking, well, we can't go and sign a defender because we just signed this one. And he just put in that crap performance. So why are we going to go spend another 60, 70 million pounds on another defender when we, we can't we can't seem to sort out what, what we have now and uh and right now like you said jeremy we have two defenders that are, are training on their own supposedly and rojo and smalling and we can't get them out the door we won't we refuse to accept anything roma offer us for smalling um and actually in my opinion smalling might be our best defender still at the club best center backs at the club, at the club, and Ole might need to go with uh, his tail between his leg back to Chris and say, "You know what? I know I didn't treat you the best, but baby, I need you." Yeah, yeah. Make him captain. <laughs> he, he was uh, he captained the side many times under yeah. Mourinho. So I mean, I, I trust him more than than McGuire right now. Um, yeah, Mollet, at Mollet. least. At least, at least he's a lot more mobile than Maguire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that he is. Um, a lot of managers, not uh, you know, you look at Gareth Southgate and Ole and stuff. They tend to have bad opinions of Smalling. I never really understood that. Um, whether it's his passing or not, I don't see any great passing from any center back that's played for United in uh, yeah. many years. So I, I don't. I don't understand that. Um, at this mm-hmm. point, it's more important we keep things tight, and I feel like Smalling yeah. can, do, can do that. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to look at it that way, then why why do we not say do this? Take take Smalling, put him back in. Supposedly, we just got this, what is it, 18-year-old French defender or whatever? <laughs> like, give him a fucking chance. He must be able to do better than the fuckers that we got right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you also look at uh, uh, Menji. He's been promoted to the first team. I think he yeah. was on the, the bench against uh, Brighton in the uh, League Cup uh, midweek. And, yeah, I mean, you, you, you look, you, you'd promote him, I think, before the, the French kid that's just supposedly coming through the door, um, mm-hmm. if that's to believe. Uh, believe. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at him and you look at like, uh, 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 gosh, um, shoot, I'm blanking right now, but, uh, uh, you look at pretty much any center back at the oh Tuan Zebe who's been on the yeah. uh, treatment treatment uh, table for uh, yeah. months now. Once he comes, once he's fit again, he should. I mean, you'd think he would just walk into the team, right? Yeah. So, so this is what I have. This is what I'm saying right now. Like, I think as a whole, the management and, and the staff have to take some of this because we've been seeing this. And it's a it's a continuously growing growing problem, not just with our club, but with a lot of clubs right now that's in the Premier League. They want to keep going out and getting all these exciting, uh, kind of attack-minded players, but then their defenses are horrible. So yeah, you have one good game here and there where your team lights it up, but then your defense caves the next game, and it's like, well. Yeah, look at where you are in the table. Like I'm not, I'm not enthralled with with uh, Chelsea right now and what they're doing. I'm not enthralled with us right now. We have all these amazing attacking players, and both of our defenses, Chelsea and ours, are, are in tatters. Yeah, and and the like champions, the, the champions, Liverpool just gave up seven to just they just gave up the extra point to to Villa. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You have a good so you point. You look at the teams, the teams that are doing well right now in the Premier League, even if they don't have super superstar uh, names as 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 defenders, they have competent defensive teams. Like their unit can play fairly well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the Premier League, the, the the league as a whole. You look at like Leicester as a, a, a microcosm. They lose three 0 to West Ham today, and last week they go to the uh, the Etihad and win five um, two. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy, crazy days at the start of the season. But I don't think we're out of line to to see. You know, we just gave up six to, to Spurs, um, albeit you know four of them were with ten men. Um, but it's just we've seen this coming. I mean, we we've talked about it on this cha- uh, channel. For, for months now um, that our defense has, has been, has been poor. Um, and uh, uh, it, it just, it just, it just hasn't, it just hasn't been, it just hasn't been good back there. Um, and yeah. uh, I thought by coming in would help McGuire, but if McGuire's going to cause self-inflicted wounds, um, then doesn't matter really who's back there, does it? And like you said, maybe, maybe by was a little bit, extra anxious to kind of prove that yes he he should be in the back in the team and didn't really you know cover himself in glory uh, that that also comes down to the manager for the player not to feel like he has to actually do all of that and know that you know you you're what you've been doing right now on the, on the training ground and what you've did in the last couple matches is good enough now that i'm playing you you don't have to kind of you know <laughs> Uh, still be thinking that you're on this amazing kind of uh, trial that you gotta, you know, forget just to do the basics. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point too. I mean Ole or whoever uh, the coaching staff should have said to him, you know, glad you're back in the, the the be glad you're back in the team. Just keep doing what you're what you did, you know, in the past couple uh, midweek matches in the cup. Um, yeah. 
that's uh, that's really uh, uh, why you're in the squad. You don't need to do any. You don't need to put any extra pressure on yourself to to prove something. We already know you're a good player. You know, just say something like that. Now, can I say one other thing and see if you guys what you guys think about this? Of course. Do you think the team as a whole is extremely frustrated and bewildered that they tried so hard this past season to get us back into the Champions League only to feel like the board and the management have let them down and not built the team up? And maybe that's playing with extra frustration and psychological kind of, uh, you know, affecting them because they feel they feel almost hard done by like we've done so good for you guys and everybody else is strengthened and you've less left us not strengthened and they maybe that's too much in their head patrick you want to take this one first yeah well my thought is like you'd think that i i would as a player would be frustrated with myself because I, you, you have the same squad that did amazing things not six months ago. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to think that they can't also do amazing things. Somebody is letting them down. Somewhere, somebody is letting them down, I think. Um, and I don't know if that's, if that's, I don't know if you could really blame, you know, like um, management or coaching. I think it might be more coaching that's letting them down. Yeah, but we also got to remember that these players are, these players are, are, are human. And in a league where you're seeing all your other teams that you're supposed to be rivaling against, getting uh, new players, uh, big names, and excitement building over there, and you're, you're turning around looking at your club and like, what in the world are we doing? Like, it's only right that that, that can mess up their headspace. Then the- they're not going to just turn around and think, oh, yeah, well, we did great last season. Let's continue to do great and not think about, well, all these other teams are strengthened and we're still the same. Yeah. And then if that's the case, then like there needs to be some sort of communication about what is happening. And I think the other part too, and I, I agree that could be frustrating is there probably isn't a lot of communication about what's going on. Like you, the, the players are not seeing any signings. Um, I would hazard to, to say that they're not being told anything about what's happening, about what's going on. And that I could see definitely being frustrating. That's definitely a management responsibility to make sure that there's communication all the way down to the players. Um, And I think that would get me really frustrated. Jeremy, I think you're, I think you're, you hit the nose on the head with your question because you hit the nail on the head, excuse me. (laughs) Um, No, uh, yeah, no, I think the players do feel that way uh, because Luke Shaw's, quote after uh what our loss to palace where he was like uh he said something to the extent of uh you know players respond when players when new players come through the door so we're a little disappointed that we haven't seen anybody yet he said something like that after that match which i didn't like because i didn't think that was an excuse to lose to palace and this is not an excuse to lose to spurs but i think you both have valid points that i do think the players feel like Oh, we worked hard at the end of last season to get in the top four, albeit still on 66 points. So I don't know how much the players deserve treats, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but they, they probably do feel uh, betrayed. Um, and to your point, Patrick, I highly, if, they're, if, if the players aren't getting properly communicated about, uh, you know, uh, 
the shape of our defense or the, the how to the, you know the, the overall shape of the team um, then they probably aren't getting communication uh, for uh, incoming transfers or anything like that I mean I doubt I doubt Ole would be running uh, uh, his uh, wish list by them or his uh, um, short list for players in different positions by them anyway but I doubt he's given the, I doubt that they receive any type of update and they probably do feel feel frustrated and uh, it, it is worth noting that the the news on Telus coming uh, to United uh, was confirmed that Porto had accepted the bid within an hour less than an hour of kickoff for this match so the timing of that is about as poor as you can get um, yeah, yeah. so I don't know if the players got that or not I don't know if that affected their performance or whatnot. I don't, I don't know how, if, if it would affect their performance, if they got the news, I don't know, but the timing isn't good. And the Cavani news uh, came in what last night. So mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, once the games kick off, you know, and you sign players, you can't really uh, uh, control when news gets leaked yeah. or when, when teams uh, accept bids. But yeah, I do think there's frustration that players haven't cut that come into the club uh, Luke Shaw echoed that a couple of weeks ago and they probably do feel a little uh, some of them not, probably not all of them but some of them at least do feel a little betrayed that uh, there have, haven't been increased reinforcements and one of those players might be Bruno actually who we talked about running all over the place on the, the pitch and trying okay. to um, uh, uh, do everything he can that he, he signed for the club he was sold a vision by Ole and this first transfer window has been in my opinion, nothing short of a disaster after signing Bruno. So um, mm -hmm. I think he, he would have thought that he was getting reinforcements. Yeah. And, and, and he, and, and all we did was basically sign a, a like for like player in many ways in Vandebeck. So, yeah. Um, but to tell yeah. you the truth, he needs, he needs to be starting instead of, instead of Pogba right now. Forget that. Start him. Yeah, I, I defended yeah. Pogba's performances based upon COVID, but at this point, yeah, I mean, Pogba gives away a penalty today, albeit the game was already over, uh, yeah. but his overall performance was not good again, and you need to give – you brought in this player, you need to give him a chance. Don't you agree, Patrick? Yeah, definitely. I think one other important thing, too, that um, is really missing as part of the conversation to player morale um, is also just the news cycle. Um, I think that when the, the period of four months that we had after the restart, after the, the shutdown, um, I think really did ultimately the team morale a bit of a disservice. One, because I think that it just like super glorified United for a period of like three months and, and Fernandez for a period of like five months. Um, so it gave everybody kind of these really high expectations, I think kind of put them up on this pedestal of responsibility towards being awesome because they're amazing. Um, and I think at the same time, you had the Glazers who are like, what are you talking about? Like four months ago, they were talking about how United is making a resurgence and you guys are great. And that's all we hear about in the media coming over from England is like United is back. Um, and I think that kind of sends a, a mixed message to the owners and the players, but ultimately at the end of the day, does a huge disservice to the morale of the players. Yeah. What do you think of that, Jeremy? Um, I understand it to a degree, but I still think at the end of the day, if, if 
if you if you're running this club like how it should be run like every other board did this summer mm-hmm. the other teams are getting better we also have to get better like mm-hmm. i'm sorry to say but every other team realized that that's what needed to happen and they were dealing with the same kind of covid financial constraints as everybody else like everyone else was like shoot chelsea's doing all of this uh tottenham was like we got to do some more things arsenal said we got to do some more things um you know Man City tried well. Liverpool, of course, they they didn't really need to do as much, but they were still willing to say, "Let us try to go and get a couple more players." Like everyone understood that there was a shift, and we they everybody needed to get better. So, how can you, as a United board, sit back and be like, "Well, we don't also need to get better"? Yeah, well, it's yeah. multi-factor. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on for sure. Yeah, well, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the Glaciers are here. Glaciers had nothing but bad press through last from last fall to early winter then bruno comes in turns things around a little bit we go into lockdown we come back we get champions league football and all of a sudden things they're like oh it's good press now so we don't need to do anything because they they don't want to spend money deep down because that'll hurt their their profit their their dividends um so uh uh, they're loving the they love it when we get good press because they don't feel as much pressure from the fans to, to do, anything. do anything so even Which if is, we go on a good run we should still put pressure on the glaciers because as you said yeah. jeremy we need to keep improving yeah it's a really poor investing strategy to say hey we're doing great let's turn off the money so like I, that doesn't make sense to me no but i can see it being a contributing factor mm-hmm well, for how many wonder kids we're up and buying, hopefully, what are they trying to do? Within the next five years will be relevant again? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely a, a good discussion. Um, but uh, the curtain is now closing on the theater of football. Um, I want to thank uh, Jeremy and, and Patrick for joining me today on this uh, uh, tough, tough, tough day. Tough, tough day. day. <laughs> I didn't want to come on, but it's good seeing both of y'all's face. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> well, make it exciting. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come come on here to commiserate together. So yeah, let me um, go drink my woes away now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so thanks for joining us, uh, Patrick and Jeremy. Thank you as well. And uh uh tune in for our next episode as well. And uh if you yep. like this. If you like, uh, if, if you want to get into the discussion, hit us up on Twitter at Theater of Football. Um, for Jeremy, Patrick. Yep, much Mike. love. Much love for United. That's right. Uh, for Jeremy and Patrick, I'm Mike. Uh, take care, everyone. Cheers, all. Bye.